Welcome to another weekend bonus episode of the Tech Meme Ride Home, another portfolio profile episode. It's been months since we've done one of these. I I feel like at least since uh, the fourth. Um, we're going to talk to um, a portfolio company from earlier this year. I think um, we got in touch in January, Dan, and, and made the investment around then. Um, we're going to talk about play. Um, we're talking to Dan LaCivita. Hi, Dan. Hey, good to see you. Yeah. Um, so to find out more about play, you can go right now as we're uh, in your ears to createwithplay.com. Um, but as people are hopefully doing that, Dan, uh, give me the elevator pitch. What is play and who's it for and why is it absolutely amazing? Sure. So play is a design tool for teams building mobile apps. If you're designing a mobile app, we're building play for you. I think what makes play special is it lets you design apps with the power of iOS and Swift UI. So you could design directly on your phone, as well as now uh, on your desktop. So play combines a familiar design canvas. So similar to what you may be using in Figma with the power of Apple's native iOS elements, access to device hardware like the camera and accelerometer, um, advanced interactions and prototyping capabilities uh, that are built on Apple's core animation, and Swift UI code that's generated in real time based on your designs. So, uh, with the caveats that obviously I'm not a designer developer, the advantage here is one convenience uh, because, hey, design for mobile on your phone but is there also an advantage for like you're you're basically closer to the metal <laughs> like you're you're like designing on the platform as opposed to you know you know a mock-up or a, a you know like this is this is sort of like doing the designing and the prototyping natively in in the in the system itself yeah that's exactly right it's a great great way to summarize it it's i think when we started out building play, we kind of needed to make a decision around some of the pain points that we experienced as designers and engineers uh, in our in our former uh, business that we were building. Um, and so what play isn't, isn't a another general purpose design tool, right? And so I think one of the things that a, a tool like Figma, which is an incredible tool, solved for was how designers work, right? They really dug into the collaboration piece of things. And we believe that the next frontier of what design software will solve for is what designers make. So to your point just a moment ago, traditionally design software hasn't really considered the medium I'm designing for or the materials of that medium, right? It's all an abstraction. So whether I'm designing a website or an invitation to my kids, you know, birthday party, you know, a tool like Figma or Sketch really doesn't know the difference and doesn't care. And that's where a lot of the power lies in. It's, you know, vector shapes made to look like the real thing. Um, and they have a place in the workflow. But I think the cornerstone of what we're building is to give product designers and engineers direct access, right, to the medium they're designing for, which is the phone, and the actual materials of that medium. And does that, I mean, that helps almost on a conceptual level too, right? Because again, as, as opposed to the abstraction of, well, if I create this animation or this UI flow, uh, again, on my desktop, and I'm assuming that it is, you know, it, it's it's doing, it's 97% of what would actually, to actually be designing and in real time conceptually thinking about it on the device itself, like, have have you guys seen that that sort of changes 
and sort of like, I would imagine that that like it would almost eliminate the step of, okay, I designed it over here. Now I'm going to go test it over here. Like you're, you're cutting out steps in the process, right? Yeah, exactly. And we, so when we first launched Play, uh, it, we launched as an iOS app. And that was a decision, um, you know, myself and uh, my three co founders, June, Michael, and Eric. Um, June's, you know, vision for Play in the beginning and still is, is like, I don't want to build another general purpose design tool. Let's start with a, a use case. So building mobile products. And he's like, I think we should just start with the phone. He's like, because if we don't, we're just going to build another abstraction layer. Right. And so when we started iterating in the beginning, I thought for, I thought it was impossible. You know, when June came to me with the idea, I'm like, yeah, I don't think it's possible. How are we going to build a design tool on a phone? You know, and we started doing some prototyping and I was like, wow, this is this is like magical. Like, because I can think about what I want to design and then create it and then change it on the actual device as I'm feeling it. Like, oh, that feels that doesn't feel right or that doesn't look right. And then I have to put my phone down, go back to my desktop, make the change, resync it through some usually not so great mirror app. It kind of cuts all that out. Like I think as product teams, we like to think we have really tight feedback loops, but anyone honest in the current workflow, I, I don't think our feedback loops are really tight and short at all. They're very long and kind of cumbersome. So that's the other thing we're trying to look, you know, we're looking to to alleviate and 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 make better by giving you that direct access. Uh, two more things just on the product real quick, and then we'll come back to it uh, at the end. But um, so I'm assuming that this is like super plugged into iOS and Swift UI, like, again, as close to the real thing as possible. So like, again, I- I'm even thinking as a as a non-designer, like, well, but don't I need to have a keyboard at some point? But what you're saying is, is that if you're so close to the the underlying systems, like you can work with them uh, like intuitively, like almost as a user would in the end as you're designing. So I, I'm assuming you're super plugged into Swift UI and iOS and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. And and so an example, um, and as a side note too, I would say like we're in public beta with our desktop product now as well. So mm-hmm, we're, mm-hmm. we're launching our Mac OS product, which is going to let because designers want to design on their desktop, which we right, right. knew from the beginning, right? But we, you know, we got some really good feedback, you know, early on. They're like, "Hey, amazing!" But give me the desktop, please, like, so I can work on both. So that's in public beta, where you can now work on a desktop or your phone. Everything is synced in real time. You can collaborate with your team. So that gives kind of designers the choice to design where they want and how they want. Um, but yeah, to your point, you know, what we're building is not. An abstraction layer. You're, we're actually rendering views in, you know, in in the actual code. The same code, right? UI Kit and Swift UI that a real app is going to be uh, rendered in. So, even this week, right? Well, you know, the other week when iOS 15 comes out, or the iPhone 15 rather comes out, um, already in play. The day after, we have the iPhone 15 as a size that automatically any designs in play will be automatically adapted to that new uh, phone size, right? And so. Things like that, which are you know, can be cumbersome, you know, and other other tools, you kind of get for free when you're when you're working in play. And then, real quick, we've mentioned Figma a bunch of times, but obviously, uh, you've designed it as a a modern design platform as well. So, collaborative, remote, all that good stuff. Yeah, real time collaboration uh, for, on both desktop and uh, and the iOS product across both. So, I'm going to remind people createwithplay.com uh, to. You can get involved in the the Mac OS beta, and I'm assuming you can go to the App Store to to, to download Play um, uh, on your phone as well. Uh, 
so Dan, uh, where'd you come from? Like you said, you said that the idea was to sort of um, solve pain points for designers. So I'm assuming you have a design background as well. So I was, um, so myself and my three co-founders, we've been working together for now for uh, over 16 years. So um, prior business that we were uh, building was a design and technology agency uh, in the city called Firstborn. Um, we sold that to Dentsu. Gosh, that's probably like 12 years ago at this point, I think, uh, a, a while ago. Um, so we've all been, we all met there. So Michael Ferdman founded Firstborn. Um, I joined actually as a Flash developer. So any of those listeners who are, who are old <laughs> enough to remember yeah, the Flash days, yeah. the little Flash days. Um, and the, you know, the funny story. So then June, um, so I ended up being the CEO of Firstborn. June was our chief creative officer and Eric, one of our lead technologists. Um, and we all sort of take, take on those roles inside of play now as well. Right. So business strategy, design and tech. Um, but you know, I was a developer at Firstborn in the early days, so more of a creative and tech background. Although one day, you know, June said to me, "You know, Dan, I think you'd make a great project manager." You know, and that was his nice way of saying you're not a great developer. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, that's <laughs> you know? pejorative to, to certain circles. Yeah, yeah, you know, he, so that was it. Which you know, he can take a lot of credit for the trajectory of my, I guess, my my career after that because I I kind of stopped, and I wasn't a very good Flash developer, you know. Um, um, and so I loved it. I love the creative side of it, but it, that kind of gave me enough um, street cred, if you will, I think, to be an effective, you know, product manager. And then got into more strategy, business development, and um, and we kind of built Firstborn, um, you know, over the years. And while there, building lots of websites and apps and other experiences for our clients. And then, you know, after we sold the business, it became you know time to do something else, uh, do something entrepreneurial. And uh, you know, June had this idea kind of knocking around in his head for some time. And so we started to pursue it. Well, this is your opportunity to do more of a one of those founding legends or whatever. Like, do you remember how the idea came about? Uh, you know, a lot of times it's people like kicking around 17 different ideas and then you sort of land on one. But like, do you remember when it was like, okay, that actually is a thing that might work? Yeah, June, we were we were talking one day. Um, we lived so June and I lived when I lived in the city. Uh, June still lives in the same neighborhood. We lived in the same neighborhood, right? So we were walking distance from the office. We'd always walk, you know, to to and from the office. And then after we'd left Firstborn, we'd just be kind of walking around the neighborhood. And he, you know, I remember one day, and he kind of this is June's way of doing things. Like he built out a whole prototype of this thing. Almost before, like he talked to me about this idea he had. He's like, you know, why do we design apps on our desktop? And he's like, it takes so long. He's like, just think about how long this takes. And and this is even before, like, we were using Sketch. This is like early days of Figma, right? So this is many, many years ago. And he kind of, you know, he's like, I wonder if we could just use the phone and then tap into kind of like the whole Apple environment. Like, oh, yeah, it sounds interesting. And then we didn't talk about it. And he came back one day and he just, we're walking and he just hands me his phone. And he's like, check this out, like play around with it. And I'm like playing around with it. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm like, Hi, what is this, man? You know, like, and, and he built this whole like prototype. And he's like, yeah, this is that idea, you know, I was telling you about. And so he kind of like floated the idea by me. And if you ask him, he'll be like, yeah, I knew like you weren't going to think it was real until I made something, <laughs> you know? And there we were walking down this, you know, we were walking in Tribeca on the street. And he, and I was like, 
you know, playing with this thing. And I remember we sat down on a bench because I was kind of like, all right, hold on a minute. Like, you know, and that was the moment where I was like, I think this could be something. Like, I think this could be something real. And it was at that point where we decided, like, all right, let's, let's, let's go. And that was the, that was the, the starting point. How many years ago was that? So that was like four years ago. So we started in stealth, you know, for a while. Um, we started with our own capital. Um, uh, June, you know, Michael put in, you know, the lion's share of our starting capital. Um, you know, then we raised like a, a pre-seed, and then it went on to, you know, raise a seed and, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so that was about about four years from like inception of the idea to where we are today. Uh, one of my favorite questions is: This is sort of jumping ahead, but. Uh, what is the thing that you know now? And and like I said, we're going to come back to where the product is now. But the thing that you know now that you wish you had known, like when you got started out with this, like, because, you know, pivoting is one thing. We're trying this product. We throw the spaghetti against the wall. It falls to the floor, right? But um, even if you stayed sort of in the same direction of what the original idea was, what is the thing that you originally thought that now, four years later, you're like, boy, that was naive, dumb, <laughs> pick, pick, the, pick the word. Yeah, I feel like there's, there's so many little things, you know, or which I think this may be a little cliche. I'll maybe mention two things. This may be a little cliche because I think a lot of people say it, but, you know, don't wait to ship things to learn earlier. And I think the thing that was hard for us and still is, to be honest, with a design tool, the floor is so high. Like, you, you know, it's like you need to be able to do so much in a design tool for a designer to even be able to like consider it for a moment. So, right. A, a minimum viable product might not work because if it's not, exactly. uh, it, if it doesn't replace the tool that they're already trained on and have used for however many years, then even if it's got some new wow factor, it's not going to enter their workflow because it can't do all the things that they need. Exactly. So that's been, and still is a challenge, right? To this day, because we're we're trying to balance like, okay, new, oh, we have all these ideas around AI and the role that AI should play in play, maybe. And then it's like, but we also want to make it faster, more optimized, more performant, right? And so it's, it's that, you know, it's obviously that constant, you know, juggle and you know we're still we're still early days like yeah we've been at for a while but we're still these products take a long time to build um and i think so maybe the other thing too is you know what when you put something out into the world and you get that feedback like don't be afraid to act on it fat like it's okay to have like your gut may be right like so we would get feedback from users early about maybe desktop oh can i have a bigger screen i like this but and sometimes we'd be like, well, yeah, they just, we need to release these few features because then they'll really get what we're doing. And, you know, in hindsight, I'm like, well, we actually ended up, we knew we were going to be building these other features, these other secondary or complementary products like iPad, like desktop. Maybe we should have started those sooner, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe we should have just, you know, accelerated, you know, the, the sort of vision and the production of those sooner. Um, those are some things that maybe I would have done, you know, again, in hindsight, right? Mm-hmm. Done, but when you're so zeroed in on the day to day, it's hard, you know, sometimes you have to force yourself to zoom out to that 30,000 foot view. Well, but to, to give credit to your team, like, you know, there are other teams that are like so stuck to the original philosophical idea that, like you said, you get these initial, you, you throw the product out, you get these initial people that are like, this is great. Can you also give me the desktop? And, and you could have philosophically been like, no, that's not our vision. But 
if what people are telling you is I love this and it's sort of like that improv thing of yes. And yeah, like, I feel like yes. And should be a bigger part of starting anything, but you know, also startups and companies, which is yes, you have an idea. And again, in the end, 10 years later, you still might be in the direction of your original idea, but yes. Anding is like, okay. Of the, of the things we threw out there, 70% got traction, which is great but it's the 30% that we thought that's not getting directed. Well, you can still pick a little from column A and a little from column B, but don't ignore the people telling you yes, right? Um, so obviously people have responded to your vision, but then also you've been responding to them being like, well, let's, 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 let's take what you love about this and put it in all the places that you want it to be. Yeah, exactly. And I think like just being, uh, being as open as possible as, not just it's easy to listen to users feedback but i think as founders sometimes we don't really listen right we we hear their words we read the surveys and it's like well what does this mean and should we act on it and i think that's the question i always you know for as a team we always like should we act on this and should we act on it now we had someone tweet something the other day i thought was actually really interesting it's like he's using he said something he's like i'm using play with chat gpt and it's like awesome and i'm like huh okay it, like first of all like mm -hmm. i want to talk to that guy yeah cuz we're always thinking like all right what role should ai play in he's like so i think he's designing in play he's using the swift ui code that we're generating and then he's having chat gpt like refactor that in different ways and then bringing it into xcode i'm like okay that's interesting maybe maybe there's something there like you know so it's you know it's not only it's listening to users as you ask them for feedback but also just being aware of what people are doing with your tool cuz they could they may be doing things that you didn't even consider Recently, the world learned the power of artificial intelligence, a technology cybersecurity leaders have been leveraging for years. Now, as AI expands and evolves, those same security leaders are left wondering where humans fit into the next generation of AI-empowered security tools and solutions. Arctic Wolf, the industry leader in managed security operations, seeks to answer this question in their newly published report, The Human-AI Partnership. Access the insights of over 800 cybersecurity decision makers in North America and the United Kingdom to better understand how organizations are weighing the benefits and risks of deploying AI tools. Uncover the biggest obstacles to turning AI and human engineers into a formidable team. Discover why the near-term benefits of large language models are being upended by a crucial flaw in the technology. And learn what the rise of AI tools mean for human practitioners moving forward. Get your copy today at arcticwolf.com slash techmeme. That's arcticwolf.com slash techmeme. Guys, we don't have to choose between hair growth and our health. Nutrafol's drug-free whole-body approach promotes hair growth from within. No compromises, just better hair. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement brand with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. With Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription or doctor's visits required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure you'll never miss a day. See results in three to six 
months. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 84% of men showed improvement in their hair after six months taking Nutrafol's men's hair growth supplements. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter the promo code RIDEHOME. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash men, and enter promo code RIDEHOME. That, which leads to an interesting question about, like, you know, I feel like the the tooling space platforms for devs and designers, it's so not up in the air, but so open right now in the sense that, um, I mean, there are big players with big constituencies and people. One of the things is, you know, as your career goes on, people tend to get locked into workflows and things like this. But I feel like right now, and you, again, you've been doing this for, you know, a couple decades. Do you feel like the space that you're in is an unusually fluid space right now? Like, just give me the sense of you guys are entering this market, a market you understand, a market you, you know, came from and are trying to blow up yourselves to a certain degree. But is it sort of, is it sort of so fluid that like you're, do things just sort of feel up in the air right now? Just that's my sense of it from the outside, but I'm curious to hear your take. Yeah, it feels, I mean, I think my perspective are, it feels exciting, you know, like fluid and exciting in a, in a good way in that, and not, you know, of course the role that AI will play in all of our businesses is going to be, um, you know, it, 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 it's going to be impactful. Right. Uh, but I think if you, you know, look at what Adobe has been doing with Firefly, look at what, I mean, in terms of what I think is an incredibly amazing, practical and magical use of AI. Like when we, when we think about like the future of play and what role AI has in it, I think when I see the best tools, there's an element of practicality, like, okay, this is useful. And there's an element of like magic, like, wow. And I think like there right now, you know, there's a lot of hype, there's a lot of magic, but not everything has that practical nature to it. And so I, I think when we look at when you look at the space and design tools in general, there's been incredible, you look at a company like Figma, like what an incredible tool in business, you know, Dylan and the whole team have built. I mean, it's it, it's it's incredible. You know, it, it really is just from I mean, from a technical standpoint, the tool is incredible. And from a business standpoint, it's um, you know, obviously it's pretty pretty amazing what they've done. Um, and if you look at, and again, they sort of solve the collaboration piece of things. And then there's, you know, obviously Sketch. There's Adobe XD, who knows where you know that goes or doesn't go. Um, but there hasn't truly, I don't think, been this monumental shift in how we design products in the last two decades. Mm. You know, and if you look at other industries like gaming or maybe, you know, there there has been, I think, a lot of a lot of a lot of more monumental shifts in terms of how things are produced. So I think one of the things we always ask ourselves is like, what is a designer going to be doing in five years? How are they going to be? Des- what are they going to be designing? Right? Is it going to be on the phone? Is it going to be on something like you know, 
you know, vision OS, you know, is it going to be something entirely different? And then what tool will they be using to design that thing? Are we still just going to be drawing vectors of the things or is it going to change? Right. That That's, you know, almost uh, obviously one of the reasons why uh, I invested is I think that you're asking the idea, maybe this is the wrong word, so correct me if if it's wrong, but what is the mode of design, right? Um, so it's not just because, again, like we're talking about getting designers and developers to put you into their, their utility belt, right? Um, but what you're almost conceptually asking with play is like different modes of design and like... It not not even it's not necessarily different ways to design, but like how you do it at at different steps of the process, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think it's um, it, it's the the other exciting thing I think is seeing younger designers who are also more interested in you know dabbling in let's say Swift UI, and they're like they're like okay, well I don't want to be an engineer, but they're interested in like how the thing gets made like how the real thing gets made. And that's, you know, so there's a part of us that's like, well, there's a whole, you know, younger up and coming designer constituency, right? Like the designers of tomorrow, if you will, Mm -hmm. that are certainly more open to, like they don't have any uh, sort of predispositions or they have less predispositions, less bad habits or less habits in general, right? And so- Not only that, like this is an interesting thing for me as an investor because like we target that a lot, which is- um, you know, again, and this is not, l- listen, you can convert a 45 year old, uh, designer or developer, like my, I'm 45, you know, but I would have had 20 years of like, this is what I know. This is what I understand. Is that, is that, how do you think about that? Like if you're dealing with, you know, it, and a lot of that's coming with AI. When I talk to younger, uh, devs who are like, well, I'll never not use AI in my coding again, right? Whereas, yeah. like, so, like, when you think of that conceptually for the product, I, obviously you want everybody, but do you think more of the people that are tabula rasa, maybe the younger people, maybe the people that aren't ossified into the workflow? Does that change how you design the product? And, and just what's your thinking on, we want to convert the people, we want to we wedge our way into their existing workflow versus... Well, Tabula Rasa, if we can hook the 23-year-old, they'll design with us for 30 years. Yeah, it's a great question. We, we talk about it often. I think one of the things we've learned, especially in developing the desktop product is... Because we, we, we use tools like Figma also, right? Like, at, you know, at, at play for certain things. And so there are certain things that as designers, you just... They're, they're innate now. Whether it's hotkeys as something as tactical, right, as shortcut keys, hotkeys, or how you may approach designing something on, you know, on a canvas. Like we we talked a lot about like, oh, should we have like an infinite sort of canvas feel to the and I'm like, guys, I think it's like one hundred percent. I was like, because that's how we're everything is an infinite whiteboard right now, right? On my screen, no matter what it is. And I was like, so if we I was like, even if we have a better idea of what we think that could be. I like the question is is it is it worth it going against the grain even if we think it's a better idea but instead of leaning into some of what people are already used to but I think the what we do see is like younger designers or um it's not just an age thing but it is an age thing but also psychographically just more curious people like early adopters of tools 
just are generally more curious human beings, right? And so they they seek out better ways to do things. And I think that's one of the things that any 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 product. Is, I was is, I was just going to say that right? like that this is a this is a lesson for any startup, which is like either you're doing the better mousetrap, so everybody for product X, everybody's familiar with product X, and you've created product Y, and it's obviously an iteration beyond, and it's better, it's superior. That's almost an easier trajectory because it's just like we did product X, we made it better. It's a different thing, and it could be I don't know friggin' social networks. You know, the social networks almost have cohorts where it's like, you know, I was the Facebook cohort. I was the, <laughs> I was the, uh, uh, but it's like, if you're doing something that is the completely new way to do things, like then that's when later on in the product, that's when you have to hire the people that are the marketing people, right? <laughs> that are like, okay, we have to come up with the narrative to explain to people why you should use this versus if it's a certain type of product that's that new, all you've got to do is introduce it to people that are willing to accept the new. Yeah, exactly. And, and the easiest thing for all of us, right, is to do what? Is to do what we know, right? So and I think so balancing, we have so many ideas, you know, the team comes up with so many brilliant ideas and oh, they, like, we're going to have the layers panel work this way, you know, or we're going to have, and I'm like, do we need to re reinvent that? And then sometimes they're like, yeah, because it's better. Like, just be quiet. Let us ship this, you know? And they're, and a lot of times they're right. And other times we'll talk about things. We're like, yeah, it's probably not worth changing that thing. Cause it's so built in to how designers work. And it's that, you know, just because it's more innovative doesn't mean that it's going to solve a big enough problem where people are going to want to change the way that they work. So that's that's a that for any like you said for any product I think it's the um just realizing that people will usually default to what they know and default to what is easier. Uh even if something is 1% harder and 100% better, they may not that exchange rate for them may not actually be worth it, which doesn't sound logical, but we don't make, you know, our decisions log you know logically all the time. <laughs> No, uh, otherwise all of this stuff would be easier. Um, so I'm going to say again, uh, if you want to find out more about play, go to createwithplay.com. But also, um, if someone is hearing about this story and, and what y'all are up to and they want to get involved, I think you, you, you might be hiring at the moment. Like, um, just throw out some things if people are interested in learning more and, and you know, I can put you in touch with them or, or tell us where they can get in touch with you. Yeah. Uh, so any, you can go to, as you mentioned, createwithplay.com. Uh, you can install our uh, macOS and new iOS app uh, through TestFlight. We're in public beta. We'll be releasing GA uh, very soon. But that's how you can check out the product. Would love to have people check it out and give us feedback. We are we're always on the hunt for uh, you know engineers, uh, iOS, macOS engineers. Uh, but right now, one of the roles that I'm looking to fill is our first product marketer, so a product marketing director. Um, I think ideally, with somebody uh, somebody that has some experience or at least interest in the design you know tooling space. Um, but yeah, somebody with uh, with product marketing experience that is excited about what we're building would love to talk with them. Creating the narrative, as we just said. So. Um... Well, wonderful. Uh, Dan, thanks for coming on and, and telling the story. Again, createwithplay.com, but just check out Play and like literally a new way of, of designing, designing on your phone because you're de designing for the phone. Um, uh, Ride Home Fun is excited to be invested and uh, keep going. Thanks, Brad. Thanks for having me.